0: I've had this tattoo for like 15 years, and it's uh, stayed exactly the same, and you might be thinking, well, Mevin, maybe just your spaghetti arms, your noodle your arms, having grown that in 15 exactly years. That's exactly what I was thinking. And yeah. I would say...
1: How dare you! people feel better is because they oh. stop eating Hungry Jacks and KFC yeah. for those 12 stop days. Eating crap. All right. I feel great. I haven't had McDonald's for breakfast like I usually do every single day in a week and I feel amazing. That's right. Go figure. But like strength training, the more times you
0: train in a week, giving yourself adequate recovery, the more benefit you get. Yeah. So if you're training once a week, great, that's better than none. If you're training twice a week, fantastic, that's better than one, so long as you're getting enough recovery in. If you're training three times a week, fantastic, so long as you're getting enough recovery in. Okay so that's the main thing welcome back everybody to the big flex
1: welcome back once again to the big flex and we're going to be flexing on your questions today people i've been hanging out for this one i like these podcasts questions and answers you've all asked us a couple of questions mainly people from inside of the gym we had bought up we wrote the questions now answering all the questions yeah but uh we're occasionally going to throw some extra ones in there as well if they're good enough so, if you comment on these podcasts, which you should, but I mean before you comment, you should like and subscribe. and Definitely then like comment. and subscribe. Uh, if what, you haven't subscribed already, just go ahead and bench press on that
0: uh, subscribe just easy.
1: button. Just, yeah. Um, Tap it. Leave us some questions if you have any that we don't answer today, and we'll put them in the next one because we like doing these ones. So we're That's gonna right. It. We're going to do a few. Um, we don't know how long this will take either. If it's really
0: long, we might split it into two parts. Otherwise, we'll try to fit it all into one longish episode. Um, but yeah, I guess question one comes from Karen. Karen one of our clients here is pregnant and pregnant. Karen asks us, is there a limit to how much weight you can be lifting
1: when you're pregnant and normally? Um, Well, from what I could find, there doesn't seem to be a limit to what you can do during pregnancy. Weight wise, like how much weight you lift, there's obviously limitations. It was actually kind of fun uh, reading about the exercises you shouldn't do. Uh, Horseback riding, skiing, uh, there was water skiing and regular skiing. There, there was gymnastics. There was a great many Basically, exercises. anything
0: that you can fly into a solidish object at high speed? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the obvious ones, okay. uh, but <laughs> it still had to be stated somewhere. Basically, anything that you were doing before you got pregnant you can continue doing while you are pregnant and but, it's but even that horseback riding, right? No. Yeah. Not <laughs> horseback riding. Uh, if you're, you're going to fall two meters and I don't know how tall horses are and then it land on something, anything that would injure a normal human, you should probably not do while you're pregnant, but anything you're doing before you're pregnant, you can continue doing up until the day you give birth if you're able to. And is highly recommended that even if you weren't exercising, you start some sort of exercise programming.
0: And I've heard there's some while really extreme
1: benefits from exercising while you're pregnant, Adrian. There are all of the same benefits, obviously, uh, of like normal people who aren't pregnant, same benefits as well. Uh, there's a few extra ones, though. So during pregnancy, some of the benefits improve and maintain fitness, maintain healthy healthy weight gain, which is important as well. Uh, this one kind of blew my mind, shorter labor, which is kind of cool. I think uh, that's probably a beneficial thing. No one wants to be in a unnecessary pain exactly. for an unnecessary amount of time. Shorter labor, reduced pain in general, and reduced risk of a C-section as well, which was really interesting. So uh, the study that I looked at was – released in 2017 so it's relatively uh recent and the main one of the stating facts is that the scientific evidence demonstrating the benefits of exercise are indisputable and far outweigh the risks uh in most adults in most adults so these were all uncomplicated pregnancies all right so if you're particularly different, you're having some complications within your pregnancy, then these rules don't necessarily And consult clients. with your
0: doctor. Exactly, exactly.
1: This is studies evidence that I've found online. I'm also not an obstetrician. And
0: so when you say online, guys, this is from um, from journal articles, not not magazine
1: articles, um, peer peer articles, peer-reviewed, articles journal articles. peer reviewed, yes. Yeah. Uh, this was from SportsMed. So I couldn't find anything that said there's no limit to the amount of weight that you can lift. Basically, one of the only guidelines for exercise that I could find was keeping your heart rate below 140 beats per minute. And then again, that was even updated in 2015. That was a, a, a previous guideline. Um, the American College of Obst- Obstetric, obstet- so I can say obstetrician, but it's obstetrics and gynecology. Uh, they no longer include that in their guidelines as limitation. As of 2015, they now just use a RPE scale, so rate of perceived exertion. Uh, which is interesting as well. And were they saying that should you should keep it below a certain amount? They were previously saying that you should keep your heart rate below 140. Right,
0: but on an RPE um, or rate of perceived just exertion, what, whatever, just like at a seven? As an no, eight, just,
1: just just go to what okay. you feel like you can do. Okay. So it's more like a, a personally perceived uh, rate of exertion. Yep. If you feel like it's too hard, it's too hard. If you a, don't, it's not. Yeah, if you're not familiar with the RPE
0: scale, generally it's a scale 1 to 10. 10 being like absolutely the hardest I could have worked, could not have
1: worked any harder one being super, super, duper cruisy. So it's just basically anywhere between one and 10. In a normal workout, if you're not pregnant and you push so hard that you pass out and hit your head on something on the way down, it's probably too hard, right? You don't wanna be- be, 10.5. You don't wanna be (laughs) throwing up outside for half the session because it's just not an effective way of training. Terrible way to work out. The RPE scale is really just a way to regulate your training intensity to get the most out of your session. And so with some of the more recently updated guidelines, it doesn't really seem like there is a limit. So if you were strong before you got pregnant, Stay strong. Keep being strong. Push yourself within reason. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any uh, strict guidelines against how much weight you can or should be lifting. Really, it's just what you can handle, what you can take and recover from. And, yeah, that's kind of interesting. The, the heart rate one I found most interesting because I've been doing that for years. Um, so, yeah, no, it's just... Nice. Karen, you got some hard work yeah. put out. You got some hard work <laughs> some ahead, hard of, you. Work ahead um, of
0: you. But then also, she did say, and normally, like, what is the limit to lifting weight? And um, I guess all the same things apply, whereas, like, you know, you don't want to lift to the point where you're not actually training efficiently, you're throwing up, you're getting injured, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but in terms of strength gain and how much weight is physically possible, Karen. I don't think anyone's found that limit yet. I mean, that's the reason why world records keep getting broken, right? It's because people keep getting stronger, lifting more weights, getting more efficient, better training techniques, better recovery yeah. methods. So in terms of human you know, capabilities, I'd say that we're not there yet.
1: It's, um, we don't you know, know how much. And as, how much. as science, medical science, exercise science, starts to develop more and more, we see things like this and the knowledge we have improve more and more and more and change and develop. So uh, I don't think there really is. A limit at the moment. No. No. That'd be interesting though. I wonder if that's written down somewhere. The strongest pregnant woman in the world. I don't know. And then how do they judge that? Is it first trimester, second trimester, third trimester? Are people just smashing one RMs while they're pregnant? I don't know. I'm going to have to do a little bit more. Oh, you know, I'm sure there's been That's some, some
0: powerlifters that have competed in, you know, world championships while, you know, pregnant, at least a little bit pregnant yeah, and, and maybe gotten some really good numbers. So I'm sure there's some very strong pregnant ladies out there.
1: Let's test it out, Karen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see.
1: Um, all right. Next question. Yeah. What have we got next? All right, you got Ash
0: there. Do you want to read that one out?
1: Uh, number of sessions a week for... Premenopausal
0: Or perimenopausal women. women. So people going peri- through menopause. I see. Um, to maintain bone health. All right. So bone health there, I'm assuming, means BMD, bone mineral density, which we know when women go through uh, menopause, um, they drop in estrogen levels they decrease and they go through um, you know osteoporosis that has to happen and bone mineral density decreases which is why when women get older they're as well as as everyone gets older and bone mineral density decreases they're much more uh, at risk to break a bone if they fall stuff like that but women even more so and basically what happens is your body's going to start changing Yes. (laughs) Now, yes, your body's going to start changing, all right? First, what happened? Uh, And so, yeah, so bone mineral density does naturally decrease as people get older, and especially in women as they go through menopause. Basically, um, the question was, how many times a week does she need to train or do people need to train that are going um, through menopause to maintain their bone mineral density or their bone health? Um, And the answer is, uh, just train. Um, (laughs) And the, the reason why is because everyone changes their hormone levels at different rates. People are built differently different genetics so your bone mineral density for every woman that's going through menopause will be different there's not
1: a correct answer but basically i did the, look at the, the the most correct answer do you want the the most correct answer no i'm gonna i'm right, still going go here right? you go first yeah um basically
0: in terms of uh in terms of how many times i did a bit of a review um it was actually a systematic review on the last 10 years um over 900 studies looking at people, women going through menopause, and um, they were training anywhere between one and three times per week. Um, And what they found was, and again, all the studies were varied a little bit, a little bit different on results, um, but they found that it doesn't matter whether it's one, two, or three, they're all getting improvement, but like strength training, the more times you train in a week, giving yourself adequate recovery, the more benefit you get. So if you're training once a week, great, that's better than none. If you're training twice a week, fantastic, that's better than one, so long as you're getting enough recovery in. If you're training three times a week, fantastic, so long as you're getting enough recovery in. Okay, so that's the main thing. Also, what they found was there were some slight differences between low intensity and high intensity training. So basically, they found slightly improved um, results with women that were doing high intensity training. So stuff that was like involving jumping, heavy weights, plyometric type of movements like that. If you're at the point where you can't physically jump around, that's fine. Low intensity resistance training will also give you great benefit.
1: Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, the guidelines that I know of are the minimum two times a week. If you're going through menopause or you do have low bone mineral density, Mm -hmm. minimum two times a week, and then anything after that is a bonus. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, Number three, we have
0: a question from Gordon saying, um, you know, exercise, how did it affect dementia? You know, does it help?
1: And I'll give Um, this one to you. Yeah, this is actually a really good one. It was very interesting. Uh, I found a meta-analysis actually of a whole bunch of studies since 1970. So from 1970 to 2003, uh, the study selection was focusing on people 65 years or older. They had cognitive impairment and they were exercising specifically to see if exercise affected cognitive impairment. Uh, All of the things that the meta-analysis kind of sifted through and checked at were physical fitness, physical functioning, uh, cognition and behavior. Over all of the studies over those 30 years, 2020 subjects uh, were tested and across all of those studies, Uh, They found that there is an increase in fitness functioning, uh, physical functioning, which is like your body just working well and moving well, Uh, cognitive function and positive behavioral changes. So cognitive function being things like memory, logic, problem solving, all of that sort of stuff and positive behavioral changes across all of those studies over the last 30 years. Uh, Not the last 30 years, but 30 years since 1970. So, yeah, very, very conclusively states that... Yes, it absolutely does help. Good. Yeah. So if you are, you know, if you've been diagnosed as, you know, with dementia
0: or Alzheimer's or
1: any sort of issue like that, any cognitive impairment. Even if you haven't been diagnosed, but you know you have it in your family. Yes. It's very important to start exercising and stay exercising. Don't start once you develop symptoms. It's very beneficial just in general to, yeah, keep everything healthy.
0: That's right. It's always easier to maintain your physical and mental health. readiness um if if you never let go right it's always hard to get to get it back if you stop training or if yep. you've never trained it's hard to get it there in the first place but once you have it, it's easier to maintain if you are doing your training i tell that to
1: everyone all the time it's easier to stay fit than it is to get fit 100 percent. yep yep yes that was an interesting one actually i feel um, like
0: we're just putting on the old doctor lab lab coat today a lot of medical questions here
1: what, are, what, what titles do you have with all your degrees? Do you have anything cool, Doctory y sounding?
0: Uh, no, you know, uh, maybe I'll just go back and get the PhD so I can just call myself Dr. Mills. you call me Dr. Mills on the gym floor. <laughs> and Dr. Mills,
1: I have a question. You wouldn't even do it because you want a PhD. You would do it purely just to make people call you Dr. Mills. I would make only you call me Dr. Mills. <laughs> right. I would not. Yeah. I refuse. Well, you, you, you would have to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's written in my contract. All right. Next question. Uh, this one was from Steve. Uh, what are the effects of the function, function of the liver and kidney related to exercise? Okay.
0: So, well, he actually just asked, you know, what, what's the role of the liver and the kidneys? And that was a super broad question, Steve, because they literally have hundreds of jobs so many. in your body. Yeah. Um, your kidneys, like... The big ones is like filling out your waste to make urine. Um, it helps balance your pH levels, regulate hormones, all sorts of stuff. it as a huge number of things, literally hundreds. Um, but if we relate it just to exercise, that was my last little bit. I said related to exercise. Yep. Related to exercise, um, the kidneys filter out or regulate your extracellular fluid. Yep. So all that bloat weight that people are carrying around. They're trying to, you know, get it out of you and, you know. It out, um, right? So, extracellular fluid for the kidneys, mm-hmm. um, also for the liver, there's a bunch of really important things. So, its job is to take uh glucose from your food, uh, pull it out of your blood, store it as glycogen, um, and then get that back out when you need it for energy. So, in terms of exercise, um, and your liver is super important because it's basically how you regulate and get energy, it does all the work for you, okay? Mm-hmm. So, you need your liver, you need your kidneys, Steve, um, but. Too broad a question to go into all details
1: because we're not doctors, and I don't have a you just know. So so very, that that is a really broad question though. I'm just yeah. in my mind, getting Vietnam flashbacks of exercise physiology. Um, yeah, so you know when your is like, hey, stop drinking. It's bad for you. It just makes you less effective and efficient when you're in the gym. Literally, less effective and, just in and efficient in life as well. Um, yeah. But
0: but here's here's a, a fun one for you, Steve. Though, if you uh, you know worried about your liver and kidneys, you know you might have gone and gotten a blood test and say, oh, you've got some extra stress coming around. You know the uh, you're producing some extra enzymes from your liver that show that it's a bit stressed. It's not working great. Um, it's probably because of the current lifestyle choices going on now. Um, Don't buy into the 12 day liver detox. All you gotta do is drink this powdered drink for $600 for 12 days and you'll go through and detox because your kidney and your livers, they they are the detoxing treatment.
1: They already do that. Your body does that
0: by itself. That's what they do. You and the reason why yeah, people feel better is because oh. they stopped eating Hungry Jacks and KFC yeah, for those
1: 12 days. All right. <laughs> I feel great. I haven't had McDonald's for breakfast like I usually do every single day in a week and I feel amazing. That's
0: right. Go figure. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, um, kidney and liver, super important um, as it relates to
1: exercise. Um, also very, very important. <laughs> one, <laughs> one, of, um, one of my friends did a juice a juice cleanse so so silly and that's what i said literally it's so literally, silly why uh, did you do that one of my friends did it and they got ulcers in their mouth from all the <laughs> well my, they were like i feel great it's been it was, i think it was like a 5 day juice something like that like i feel great i was like yeah but you just did you just have diarrhea for like a week straight they're like yeah poop the evil out and now i feel good <laughs> it was the single best sentence that ever came from them just don't eat the evil and you'll be fine just yeah. eat healthy your liver and your kidneys your body detoxes anyway if it didn't that is their wrong you would very slowly build up uh, compounds and things in your body until it became toxic and poisonous and you would die. Uh, so that doesn't happen because you already have that process. So don't buy into all of those detox. Snake snake oil, it's what it is. Snake oil. Yeah, yeah. Silly. Anyways, um, Byron had
0: a good question next. And I know this stems because uh, of his daughter, but basically Byron asked, when's it safe for kids to start training um, or weight training, I should say. And, um, uh, and I believe he told me the story that, you know, uh, his little daughter, you know, came and supported him at his powerlifting meet. And he's like, "Oh, when?" and she sees him training. And he's like, when are you going to start training? She goes, mm, when I'm eight, you know, <laughs> very definitively.
1: Yeah, and yeah. so um, he's like, oh, when's a good time to start, uh, you know, weight training for children? Um, well, This was an interesting one because there used to be a lot of information about this with some hard guidelines and then more and more and more as time goes by, the guidelines are less and less and less. And uh, really all I could find about guidelines for strength training in children is once they're able to perform it safely and under the correct supervision of uh, like a qualified coach, qualified coach… uh, whenever, basically once they can do it safely, once they are coordinated enough to produce the movement, uh, they can do whatever they can do. So there doesn't seem to be any, uh, restrictions really with weight training. Obviously a one year old isn't going to be able to chuck a barbell on their back. Um, then once kids are up and walking around and stumbling, they're still not going to be able to do that. But once kids are coordinated enough to run, jump, move, all that sort of stuff. When they're coordinated enough to produce the movements safely, then that's when they can do it. Yeah, and that's
0: kind of interesting as well because um, I did a little bit of research into it um, as well. And, and similar thing, they, didn't, they don't give you like, hey, when they turn six, you can get them doing bench press. And when they turn eight, yep. it doesn't really work like that. Uh, it is more to do with their coordination and development. Depends so with, with younger children in particular, you don't want to have a very structured exercise routine because they're young and they're absorbing everything like a sponge you want them to have this like free open play where they're climbing over things jumping rolling swinging all these hanging all these things that are really important to learn coordination hand eye coordination you know whole body coordination balance stability um, is really important for them to learn and if you just ha- you know have them lying down on a bench press only doing bench press um, they're missing out on so much yep. so especially to the early de- de- developmental years you want them doing a huge wide range of activities and that's just why so many youth sports are great like playing you know, Oz kick footy or soccer or yep. touch rugby because they're learning how to run and stop and change directions and all these things that are vital to, they're like the building blocks to being a better athlete yep. later on.
1: And it compounds, exactly. The more you can get your child developing their fine motor skills and motor skills in general earlier on, the quicker and better they'll get at developing those skills. So over time, you know, let's say you have uh, a control group, one child just doing powerlifting, one child doing things like that. The kid doing powerlifting, sure, they'll probably be very strong, but then they're going to run into a a wall and kind of get stuck with the kids who are just moving better, coordinated, understand movement and biomechanics in general from all of the other skills are just going to perform better later on.
0: And and this is um, actually shown in recent years um, in the U.S. American football, huge, right? Gridiron, absolutely monstrous What do they call it? Pee-wee? I call
1: it peewee football. Yeah, I don't video, know. But yeah, maybe football. Like but yeah.
0: but what they used to find or what they used to think was, you know, because it's such a specialized sport. And I don't know if people that are listening watch a lot of American football, but there's so many players in a team, and they all have their roles. It's not like rugby where I could be a prop and still hang out on the wing and crash ball up the center. Like everyone has their role. You have a role. Go and do that one role. How many? And it's so the specific. Team? Well, it's like a 50-man squad because they have a defense team, an attack team, they have a special teams, and sometimes there's overlap, but a lot yeah. of times individual players. Okay. Um, what they used to think was so specialized, you have to specialize from an early age. And what they found out now is more people getting into the NFL were multi-sport kids growing up. So the more sport you do, and the bigger range of sports you do growing up, the more effective you'll be, hopefully, as an athlete in your later years.
1: It's interesting you say that, actually. I, was, I, I watched a documentary forever ago about um – ice hockey this is a very difficult sport to develop power strength on the ice, right? And some of the strength and conditioning coaches uh, were finding that the best, most well put together athletes they were getting were from, they were farm, like from farms. They're just lifting, carrying, digging holes, stuff like that, just performed better by far than any of the other people who just came from like a normal gym sort of background. And same, same sort of thing. They just have developed better skills in a better, more vast range, and they perform better overall because of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and and
1: fun fact for you about
0: ice hockey, because I actually did a, a bit of research on ice hockey when I was doing my um, masters in strength and conditioning, and yep. one of the units was injury rehabilitation, was, do you know what the number one injury, well, and, and I say this with a pinch of salt, this was back in 2013, 14, one of the highest rates of injury in ice hockey was? Face punches? No, no, why? strain <laughs> deductors on the insides <laughs> of the legs, because they're pushing out when they skate. Yeah, yeah, so, sense. if you're an ice hockey player, and you want to reduce, uh, reduce your Risk of injury. You want to have flexible and strong adductors, as the inside muscles running down the insides of your thighs. And you can do a Copenhagen plank. And We're loving these. Yeah, like the- yeah, yeah. And I'm going to put maybe um, a little video. We haven't filmed it yet, so I can't do it. But. Come back and look later. We'll do a Copenhagen plank tutorial. It's going to be amazing.
1: <laughs> been doing that with everyone lately.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, also, sorry, we're going to circle back to Byron's question. Yes. Uh, we're going to address some of, the, um, some of the things that people have concerns about with lifting weights with children that actually don't have any um, foundation anymore. One is it stunts your growth. Yeah, I was going to say. What they found is that, no, if kids it, it or younger, uh, younger people, people going through adolescence are lifting weights, it's not going to stunt their growth. Um, you know the theory behind it was? Well, they just thought it would stunt your growth, but really what they say, it's gonna damage your growth plates, which is not yeah, true. The does only does time happen. it damages your growth plate is if you have an acute injury. Yep. So if you like break your bone near a growth plate or you have some sort of crazy impact, then maybe. But again, if you're lifting safe weights responsibly
1: yep. under that's good technique, that debuffed. will never happen. That does not happen. That used to be the theory with it stunts your growth, but that
0: is not that Old is not, wives'
1: tale. Yep. Um, another thing that's can be that
0: been debunked is, oh, lifting weights is really dangerous, really high risk of injury. And that's not true at all either. If you look at the rate of incidence of, uh, of injury, um, in weightlifting and powerlifting, all right, um, with children and adults, both incredibly low compared to sports like football, American football, rugby, because it's so, it's the same lift being repeated over and over again, or a couple lifts being repeated over. A it's a very, very controlled, controlled environment. Yeah. Whereas in footy, you might get someone jump onto your back trying to get a mark behind you and just dig their knee right
1: in between your shoulder blades. So it's or very rugby, uncontrolled, unpredictable. Cleaned up from the side and someone yeah. snaps all three of the tendons that connect your knee to the bottom of your freaking body. You right. don't get that. There's no one tackling you from the side in the gym. It's very, very controlled. I'd yeah. say the only real danger would be when you get into much more advanced things like ollie lifting, which is very advanced. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's it's to be taken with a grain of salt i think they like you can obviously do dangerous stuff in the gym but don't yeah I don't. <laughs> but know? even
0: even even olympic weightlifting very low risk of injury yeah very low risk of injury because
1: people don't just go crazy with it they're yeah. taught from a proper per, like a coach a professional who knows what they're doing and knows how to teach it you're not just doing bro science tossing stuff around and hoping for the best that's right that's the biggest the biggest takeaway is under the supervision of a professional yeah, yeah. and
0: and and then people are like, well, that doesn't make sense because you look at you know, some of these powerlifters in the small weight classes and they're, they're just like these tiny little nuggets. So you look at gymnastics and they're all so short, it must be damaging their growth place. And no. no, it's just basically the people that grow skinny and tall, they just get beat out of the sport. They're just not yeah. good enough to
1: compete against people that are naturally smaller. And that's biomechanics. Yeah. Let's say uh, I'm me, right? Uh, and then I'm competing against someone who is much taller, but the same weight. Okay. I... Weigh the same as them. We have the same roughly amount of musculature. We should be able to move the same weight. I'm lifting way more. They have to You move. should have more musculature because they will have more like skeleton weight yeah, and stuff right? like that. I'm lifting the weight less. It's not moving as far as they are having to pull it, lift it, push it, anything. So I'm just covering less distance. I'm doing less work. It's easier for me to move right. that weight. That's why short people, they're not short because of powerlifting. They gravitate towards powerlifting because they're good at it. Correct. Yeah. Yep.
0: Or they're the ones that stay in it because they're succeeding in it. Yeah, instead of so it, you can still be monstrous, but basically, as you get taller, you have to go up weight classes. Yeah, right? so you won't see any string beans. You know, a, a foot and a half taller than Adrian competing in the same weight class. It's just no not going to happen. No everyone, way. everyone in Adrian's weight class is actually up to here on him. Yeah. They're much shorter and They're thicker. Much shorter, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, he has to go up a weight class if he Even wants to be a the guys more who were in the like ninety and hundred was still my height. Yes, that would just massive. Yeah, just real thick, real dense muscle. Yeah, Yeah. so it doesn't stunt your growth. People who are shorter tend to gravitate towards Towards sports, which benefit them more biomechanically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're a coxswain in a rowing boat, just because you're sitting there
0: steering the rowing boat, that's usually a really small person. I know nothing about rowing. Okay, Or a jockey. It's like, (laughs) just because you're a jockey doesn't mean that riding horses made you small. It's just small people are suited to be jockeys so they want to be lightweight. Exactly, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. okay. That's actually a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Riding horses makes you short. That's right. <laughs> Correlation does not equal causation. Correct. Um, we've got yeah. a couple fun questions coming up next.
0: Jake, we'll go Jake's
1: first. Yeah, Right. Okay, All right. Uh, do you wanna ask uh, it? Muscle growth and the effect on tattoos. So does, I think he, the, what he was asking was just getting jacked affects like stretch tattoos. Will it stretch um, out your tattoo? If you get really jacked, like massive, like if you get a tattoo on your arm and then put on 40 kilos in a year, yeah, probably. But then you'll just get stretch marks everywhere because of that. Yeah, um, I doubt it's going to – and let me just say this, Jake. I've
0: had this tattoo for like 15 years and it's uh, stayed exactly the same. <laughs> And you might be thinking, well, Nevin, maybe just your spaghetti arms, your noodle, that's, your old noodle that's arms. exactly there, what I was thinking. Having grown that in That's exactly years. what I was thinking. And I yeah. would say. How dare you? But, uh, <laughs> all right, that's probably the case. Um, I would say that if you got like a really big tattoo and then you got like a massive, massive weight gain. Mm. Yeah, you would probably, it would stretch a little bit, but probably not that much. I mean, you see some gigantic bikers with tattoos and I bet they, you know, they yeah, weren't but, all giant when they got the no, tattoos, no.
1: right? I've got a couple of tattoos on me as well. And I've, uh, even in a year, like going up and down ten kilos, and it hasn't changed at all. Yeah, you you see you see it a lot in uh, younger guys who tend to put on a lot of weight when they first start lifting weight, uh, especially in people who. To, um, steroids, who put on a lot of Excuse weight, weight a, very, a, very, very use old, quickly. Usually on Mexican right? supplements. And you see just big stretch marks like through your chest, through your biceps. That's where I tend to see them the, the most on males are like kind of through this part of your chest here and your biceps. You get like just normal stretch marks, stuff like that. If you had tattoos around there, probably. But you have to put on a lot, a lot of weight of size, yeah. very quickly yeah. to start stretching your skin. So. Yeah. Yeah. um, The the secondary to that was when should I get one? And uh, and his
0: mum also trains here. She saw the board and she goes, "Well, it doesn't matter, Jake, because you ain't getting one."
1: So probably probably when. So the answer, Jake,
0: is uh, Uh, not anytime
1: uh, soon, never, or just get one
0: on your butt where she'll never see it. Hey, man, we do not condone secret tattoos from your mother. Now I do. Well,
1: what Jake? You're gonna gonna check no tattoos. Check his butt daily. That's how you're gonna find out. That's weird everyone weird. stop being weird all, yes, right. Right. <laughs> all right no tattoos for you jake butt tattoo jake no, do it not anytime soon jake. i challenge you to get a butt do head. not do it jake um <laughs> all right then brooke what have you brooke brooke this asks, was savage actually i did not expect this from brooke brooke is lovely and every now and again brooke is lovely she is hilarious uh her question
0: was her question was um will i get better gains if you have a better sound system in the gym <laughs> and the only thing I have to say to that, Brooke, is if I turn my sound system up, I won't hear you talk. So, that's what we're going to do. Next time she trains, next time she trains, she just turns she so loud, it. she's just so loud. She's going, go, and we just won't be able to hear what she said. How um, dare you? Brooke? She
1: thinks that she 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 believes that your sound system doesn't have enough bass. Doesn't have enough bass. Yeah. What are we
0: going to some sort of rave? Need I your doof doof.
1: If we wanted to, why not? How dare you, Brooke? How dare? That you? was pretty savage. Uh, but our sound but, system is is ample an ample sound system it is it is but i think it does make a, a big difference you got to have a good sound system in your gym it makes it makes but it gets so loud we could literally turn it up and not hear anyone talk maybe
0: it was so loud ask the massage therapist how to put a sign she on it saying actually, please yeah. be considerate when i have clients don't go crazy with the music because it, it's a great sound system bro well there you go bro you'll have to take it up with management you've hurt my feeling <laughs> you've hurt my feelings all right? all right there's a suggestions box it's in
1: the bathroom in, in the bin <laughs> Just write suggestions on the (laughs) toilet. There it is. Put it in there. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And then Blake's got a good question. Yeah. Why am I so much stronger than Jared? Yeah. And uh, the reason...
0: um, uh, That is a good question. Blake asked it. So Jared Jared, uh, used to be, be like in here all the time, lifting heavy. And then he like was doing different things and doing a bit more mobility and hanging out and all this sort of stuff and focusing on jujitsu and uh, getting in shape because he's like passing his military test, That's fitness right. test yeah, and yeah. everything. And uh, and Blake, who's just been old Dark Horse Blake here. So Jared's best squat was a 175 with knee wraps and a belt and, and lifting shoes. Um, old Dark Horse Blake here. Just uh, been plotting away at it. Just like just Loki coming in every Tuesday yeah, night. Yeah. He's, I'm trying to convince him to train more than once a week. And he doesn't actually, he doesn't, because he, he squatted, we say he squatted raw dog, which so basically in his running shoes, no belt, that no, no wraps, nothing. Squatted a 180, yeah. like pretty yeah. comfortably too. Very He's going to be in well. the 200 club in no time flat.
1: So as for the answer to that question, um, why am I so much stronger? It's all about heart. Exactly. It's so all about heart, Jared. I used to train Jared a little bit and he was very inconsistent. Busy lifestyle getting ready for the, the the military, all that sort of stuff as well, right? Just just wasn't training very consistently at all. And he would say, it's all about heart. It's all you need. It's all about heart. He'd ask, he's like,
0: I'll go do this beep test. What do you have to get? I don't know. Have you, have you tried? No, I haven't. You know, if you're going to get it. It's all about heart. It's all heart, about
1: please. heart. To his credit, he smashed it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did really well. But it's the consistency. So Jared just tries very hard. But trying hard and training consistently over a long period of time is very different. Yeah. So. It, Blake has just been, like you said, slowly plotting away at it, coming in every Tuesday once a week and have smoking Jared. And that's why. Uh, it's all now, about heart. In, in saying this, he's got a long way to go on his deadlift. right?
0: Jared sure. was pulling 220 plus on his deadlift. Yep, yep. And so he's got a long long way to go there. Young so do you Blake, reckon but... just
1: instead of squatting
0: once a week now, deadlift once a no, week? No, no, no. <laughs> we got, I want to get him in the 200 club. He's going to get yeah. the 200. I told okay. him he has to get a belt at some point. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. get a belt at some that point. I'm trying to convince that, him. That 180 it looked
1: easy. But that, that's that's why. Very consistent over a long period of time. That's right. Yeah,
0: and a little bit of heart.
1: And a little bit of heart. A little bit of
0: heart. Um, Andrew had a couple of uh, questions. That he had a two-parter. Um, he had one that was just our thoughts on something, and the second one is a bit more of a, uh, you know, health and you know, related question. But the yeah. first one was Dmitry Klokov, um, who we've talked about before on this podcast um is a, a was an olympic weightlifter um incredibly strong incredibly strong behind the head presser and uh he's made the move from weightlifting to crossfit mm-hmm. and i think he's trying to become a champion in like the master's division of crossfit yep. and he goes what are your thoughts on that um why do you think he did it and i think i don't know if you have an opinion on it too but he's one of those ultra competitors um andrew like clockover is he's just a savage and he's already sort of conquered the world of weightlifting you know as mm-hmm. far as he could and um He's not going to be going to the Olympics and winning gold medals anytime. You know, now it's he's that part of his life is behind him. But he's still a weapon, and he still wants to compete. He wants to be the best at something. So, CrossFit has a big Olympic lifting component to it. Um, so if he can get fit enough, he's definitely got the strength and power to crush all of the strength part of the lifts.
1: Um, and I think that a lot of a lot of what makes a CrossFit athlete a CrossFit athlete is just the mentality because they do so many different disciplines. It really, a lot of the time, comes down to it doesn't matter. What you're physically capable of is how hard you can push yourself. They do some crazy stuff in the CrossFit Games. Yeah. So I think he has that. He's definitely a crazy person. Yeah. And he's strong and fit enough to compete. So I think it's just another way for him to stay competitive for a very, like, long time.
0: Yeah. You know, he just wants to challenge himself. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he'll do very well. Um, I think – I think he's competing. I don't know if he's competing in opens or like in
1: masters, but he'll do sure, well yeah. wherever he goes, I think. He's a bit of a savage, just all around savage. <laughs> he's is a savage. Yeah. Dude's crazy. And yeah. then the second question was, uh, was about sleep tips for bad sleepers. Uh, for that one, I'll actually leave this. Yeah. To so I can uh, link
0: it right here. Right now. Do it. Yeah. You can see it? It's. Um, episode that I did on the Strength Institute podcast uh, with Dr. Ian Daniken. He's a PhD sleep scientist. If you haven't watched it already, go and have a watch. It's really interesting. It's, um, he has a huge amount of helpful information um, where he breaks down sort of what a sleep cycle is and healthy habits. Um, what did he call them? He called them good sleep hygiene, I think is what he called them, yeah. um, which is just like good practices to, to, to do to get better sleep. Um, and so just to name a few, but definitely go back and watch this. Uh, your bedroom should be for two things only sleeping and sex is what he says All right, this is a PhD sleep oh, I thought sleep it was scientist. sleeping and eating damn it. No, okay. <laughs> sleeping and sex So basically there should be no electronic equipment Maybe an alarm clock on the other side of the room as long as there's not light coming into the room, right? So the bedroom should be for sleeping only if you're used to being in your bed playing on your phone doing all this sort of stuff Watching TV if you have a TV in your room yeah, terrible yeah. is going to keep you awake Also, he suggests for up to two hours before you go to bed you're trying to decrease the amount of stimulus you're getting. So no video games, no computer games, no action TV shows, all right? <laughs> oh, God. If you are hyping everything up, it's very hard to turn it back down when it's time to go to bed, Yep. okay? Um, I
1: don't mean to bash on all of the other Strength Institute podcasts that you've done, yeah. but out of all of the ones that you have done, the sleep one, the one that you're talking about, is by far the I found out. The most interesting and the most helpful. They're very interesting. The other ones are great, but the sleep one was really interesting. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I personally. Well, it's a, anyway. it's a
0: popular yeah. it's a popular podcast. Awesome. Um, also, a couple more sleep um, good sleep practices. Uh, there could be supplementation, so magnesium before bed um, definitely can help with sleep in some cases. And also, there might be some bigger underlying issues, like a lot of bigger guys um, will have sleep apnea to a certain degree. And so it might be something as simple as getting a CPAP machine to help you sleep if you have sleep apnea or going and getting tested to see if you do have sleep apnea. But there are a couple things that you can do um, right off the bat to improve your sleep and definitely go watch the other episode and, um, and that will give you a more in-depth uh, view on what you know, um, the sleep cycle is like and how to have better sleep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Perfect. And then we've got Lily. Lily, Lily asking, is weight training more effective for fat loss or is cardio more effective for fat loss, mm. it seems like Nevin and I disagree on this. Well, we might have some common ground. All right, I'll go first. Weight training's better. Cardio is better. All right, there we go. All right, cardio is better. Uh, why?
0: Well, let me give you let me give you a, a stellar example. Yes. Okay. If you watch. The marathon runners at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's pick a high-level event because yes. I ran a marathon. You know how that goes, and I was a little bit thick around the uh, midsection. Easy too, right? It was easy. <laughs> yeah. um, if you're looking at high-level marathon runners, yes, or any endurance athlete, so mm-hmm. triathlon, marathon, All right? Yep, they do not have an ounce of fat on them. And okay. while they might do some weights, the vast majority of their training, and because it's shown that. You know, by increasing strength in the gym helps with uh, economy when you're doing your endurance sports. Mm -hmm. So they do, you know, high-level guys will do some gym. Um, But the vast majority of their exercise is endurance, cardio work, right? And there's not an ounce of fat on them. Now, take the other side of that. Who does the most weightlifting? weight lifters. Power lifters, weight lifters, right? And if you go to the heavier divisions there, not so much the light divisions because you have to be you're trying to be as you know as heavy as possible and in mean the light like the weight open class. Categories? Looking yeah. at not even the open, like <clears throat> even some of the guys that are in like, you know, the 90s and stuff, there's pretty thick guys there mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at the open weight people, they are there's a lot of fat hanging up there,
1: all right? Sure, yeah. sure. So I, I understand your example. However, that's not really answering the question, right? So let me give you let me give you a bit of a hypothetical here. Please. So the question is uh, Weight training more effective or cardio more effective for losing weight? Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's say you're not training at all, right? And you want to lose weight. You do cardio. One person does cardio. Another person does weight training. Now, what is more effective at losing weight? Yeah. Right? I would argue that, sure, cardio is effective, but I don't think weight training is less effective. I think it's as effective. Okay. Okay. I would disagree. Basically because yeah. I think it's less effective because when you do cardio, for example, there are aerobic effects, you increase your cardiovascular capacity, uh but there's not much of a resistance component. When you do resistance training, basically when you burn cardio, when you do cardio, you just burn burn calories. When you're doing resistance training, you're literally building things in your body to make you more effective and more efficient at doing those same things. When you do a weight training session, you recover you build muscle, and then you use that muscle, you've got more cells in your body, burning more calories, right? So you burn calories during the session, you burn calories in recovery after the session, and then you become better and more effective and efficient at burning calories later. So it's not necessarily doing one RMs, but you can do some high intensity weight training Mm -hmm. that will get you, I feel like, better effects long-term, even not long-term, then better. I would say similar, uh, specifically for weight loss, right? I don't think it's more effective or less effective. I think both, either, either, you can use to as effectively lose weight. I agree that you can lose weight by doing training. And let me just say this
0: as a caveat over the top of everything, is that I think that if you're trying to lose weight, you should be doing a combo of both. Absolutely do both. If you yeah. had to pick one or the other and your goal is just to lose weight, I think cardio is the answer. And let me explain my reason why. As someone that had that little stint where I was running a lot to mm. get up to the marathon distance, yep. I know exactly how many calories I was burning per hour.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. And I know
0: exactly how many calories I burn when I do a gym session. Mm. And where the goes because when I was doing crazy heavy lifts with bigger breaks, yep. I've also done general strength training. I've also trained for strong men. And I'm burning half the calories in the same amount of time doing weight than I am doing a run. But when
1: you were running, you were, you were running a marathon. No, not, no, but most this, is, people this is my are training. Gonna, most this people aren't going to run so, a marathon to lose right.
0: weight. What I'm saying is this is in my training. It, that's an hourly rate. So me running for an hour would burn over 1,000 calories, a little over 1,000 calories, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's scalable. If I was doing a half-hour run, a 5K run or a 6K run, I would yep. burn five, six, 650 calories. Yep. But if I'm doing it the same duration of time in the gym, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter whether I'm doing the heaviest that I can do for low reps or more reps or strong, man. Um, I'm not burning the same number of calories. No, you're
1: talking about like high intensity strength training, right? You're not yep. talking about high intensity training. So not necessarily heavy lifts, but mm-hmm. what about just resistance training in general, you can set up some really Circuits, high intensity yep. circuit. Training I would, I would training.
0: argue that, um, that circuit training is a form of cardio. It's, it's cardio training. So what, what defines cardio? Does it have to be a run? Does it have to be body weight? Does it have to be swimming or can it involve weights? Yeah, they well, can, cardio. cardio can involve weights. Okay. So if you're yeah. talking about, and I think what Lily probably, and I, I could be putting words into her mouth, but she's training for powerlifting Mean, I think when she says weight training, she's thinking more about what she's doing, yeah. not CrossFit, yeah. as opposed to you yeah. know going for a
1: run. So I guess the answer is it depends. depends on what style of training you're doing. Yeah. So definitely a mix of both, like Circuit training would be a good mm-hmm. a good uh, example of that. High intensity interval High training. Intensity, interval training. You can burn a heap of calories doing that. Lots of resistance added in there as well. Yep. Um, to make sure you're getting the best of both.
0: But yeah, that's. But I, what's the number one most important thing when you're trying to lose weight, Adrian? Calories, calories and nutrition. Yep. Right. It all comes down to calories in versus calories out. It does. So it does. if you are eating uh, a good amount of calories for your size and weight of where you want to be. Um, you know, it all depends on where you're going to burn yeah. the calories most, whether it be cardio. Are you willing to sit on that cross trainer for an hour or are you going to train for maybe an hour and a half in the gym to make up the same amount of calories? It's whatever it's you're going to burn most on. People ask me that so
1: much. If you haven't uh, checked out my Instagram account, go to my Instagram account and look at the the before and after Coach picture Adrian. I posted uh, a little while ago. Uh, I lost... I wanted to lose... About 10, 11 kilos, we talked about this in some of the previous podcasts as well, and get my body fat down low. And I was about 5, or 6% body fat for like two years without trying. Carnival, it was great. Um, I counted every single calorie the whole time. I was very, very strict with my diet because I hate cardio. I hate it with a passion. I never did any, what cardio do you do? What do you do for your abs? I don't. I lift weights and I eat well and that's it. You can get to whatever shape that you want. You don't have to do cardio. Just eat better and don't do cardio because it's the worst and it's stupid for stupid people. I don't like cardio, (laughs) all right? Which is fair enough. So you don't have to. If you wanna burn a lot of weight, uh, uh, lose a lot of weight very quickly, obviously increase your output, do everything that you can. But you don't have to do cardio to lose weight. Also, another really big part of why I think that you should do weight training instead uh, is because if you do cardio, you look the same and that's it, you just lose a bit of weight. If you do weight training, changes your physique, and you look better as well. So from an aesthetics point of view, I just think weights is better. Weights
0: are better for, yeah. that, for that as well. Yeah, for, yeah, for everything. But calories in, calories out, I think, is the deep underlying answer there. Okay? Um, um, what's the more
1: effective? I think that uh, both would be more effective.
0: Okay, I think, yeah. If you would say what's more effective, I would say whichever one you could do that burns more calories and that you would do consistently.
1: Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. All right, next. Jess. Is tendon thickening from injury always bad? Right, and that's a great question.
0: I know Jess had a lot of Achilles tendon issues when she was a bit younger, Mm -hmm. um, and she probably has some uh, tendinopathy there where it's thickened up and scarred up a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty common. You see people with tendon issues have tendinopathy. Now, let me just give you a couple definitions here. Tendinitis, Itis being inflammation. We're not talking about that. That could just be from like jarring up your ankle and, and you have, or like overstretching your Achilles and you have some inflammation in there. We're talking about tendinopathy or tendinosis. Very similar. It's basically. So, the, what is tendinopathy? Um, it's, it's the degeneration of collagen proteins mm-hmm. in the tendon, which make up like 90% of the tendon. Yeah. Okay. Um, and tendons are very elastic and very nice. Now, the reason why I think she asked this is because we, we know and we're talking about. Um, muscle and tendon stiffness, which is one thing, and also the cross-sectional area or the thickness of your muscles and tendons. So uh, I think research for quite a while has shown that if you have a bigger muscle cross-sectional area, which is like the the girth of your muscle, um, you have more poten- you can store more potential energy. You have more potential to build strength. Mm-hmm. All right, and power. Yep. Same with a tendon. The thicker your tendon is, assuming it's a healthy tendon. Assuming it's a healthy tendon, um, it, it can store more elastic and potential energy, okay? Um, not so much... When it's thickened because of an injury, mm-hmm. basically the tendinopathy just means that degeneration. And what degeneration means, it could be scarred up. There could be scar tissue in there. It could be a lot of inflammation in there as well. Um, there's a huge number of things that it could it, that could cause it. Um, it. Could be from an acute injury or an overuse injury. Like if you've torn your Achilles tendon, or if you, you know, have issues like a repetitive stress issue yeah. going through there. Um, you can get this tendinopathies, um, and it thickens up. Um, that is is not good. That's not good. So no, th- I guess the answer is, if it's thickened up because of an injury, it basically means the the proteins that are in there, they're degrading, they're not as good quality. So yeah. you're at higher risk for injury, they can't produce as much
1: force. This was an interesting one. I remember doing, uh, i wrote a paper on this at uni actually, the tendon, specifically to do with tendon thickness and plyometric work. And tendon thickness is very, very important. You can train that a little bit. Um, you can train that and it's very, very useful. Tendon thickness in general, isn't great because usually tendon thickness in general is like from something like an injury or like lack of range of motion isn't great so if you're trying to specifically train for that yeah it's great if you haven't trained for it and you haven't had an injury it's just it's not effective it needs to be trained right so from an injury if you're not trained to produce more force and take more force absolutely not but from training in general, if you produce that tendon thickness, yeah, that's what you want, right? Now, so yeah. That's the defining difference, and, I think.
0: And just I've written down a few things here that, um, that you know, if you have constant like burning in like a tendon, um, stiffness, like reduced range of motion at the joint, these are all signs that you could have tendonopathies. You're always going to get that checked out, get a scan, mm-hmm. right? Um, don't just assume that it's just swollen from something else. Like there might be something underlying that's going on there. Um, but there are some things um, that uh, – And also when that happens, you reduce its elasticity, you reduce its potential to to have stored energy. Um, It hardens and thickens, it's not good. Um, You can do things to improve it. You can get massage. There are some surgical interventions to remove scar tissue. Mm -hmm. You can do like platelet-rich plasma injections. There are certain things, stem cells, that that can actually help reduce or reverse um, the the, the issues that you have with tendons. and that leads us into the second point, which is stiffness. So thickness and stiffness, two different things. A cross-sectional area and the stiffness, two different things. People always say, oh, is it better to be really flexible when you lift weights? The answer is sometimes, if that prevents you from going in and getting injured or to getting into a good position, fantastic. Can you be too flexible? The answer is also yes. Think of a rubber band, all right? Um, a muscle and a tendon is sort of like a rubber band. If you have a rubber band and it's just loosely stretched, there's no – potential energy there's nothing stored in it it just flops around there's right? also no tension which is yeah. important as well right if you stretch that rubber band you can send it flying it has so much more potential energy so you want your muscles and tendons to be a little stiff all right you still want to have good range of motion at your joints so that you can Actually, do everything correctly it's i'm gonna keep finishing yeah, yeah. One um then think on the far end of that if it's too tight and you stretch what happens snaps Naps. You get injury, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So you don't want to be too tight. You don't want to be too loose. You want to have a good amount of, of stiffness in the in the tendons and muscles. And how do you get that by strength training?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was that was exactly what I was going to say. So uh, leading up to the squat challenge that we did, everybody gave me so much crap for squatting as deep as I squat. You could be so much stronger if you just just squatted deep. Why do you have to squat so low? I uh, point pride. That's why. Deal with it. I uh, like squatting. Ask the grass. But one of my biggest problems with my squat is that if I don't keep enough tension at the bottom of my squat, it just pushes me to the ground. I don't have enough tightness and tension in my body. I have to really work at it to keep and hold a shape. I just fold under the pressure. And if you push that a little bit further, if you can't produce that tension, you can't lift heavy weights. You're limited by being too elastic and not being able to produce the tension to hold a shape. So it absolutely affects your strength training. I 100% could squat way, way more if I reworked my squat and didn't squat as It would take you a long
0: time because you'll take you a long time to get the muscles to stiffen yeah. up and work to that also, point. Also, no, I like
1: the way that I squat. <laughs> um, but yeah, so being too tight, Let's let's keep the example as squat, for example, way too tight, Can't get to depth, doesn't matter how much you can squat, doesn't matter how strong you are, it doesn't count in any competition. right?
0: And and increased risk of injury.
1: Absolutely. And then same on the exact opposite end. If you're way too loose and you can't hold your shape, then you're going to bomb out and fold under the weight of the bar. And same thing, you'll get a no lift if you collapse and die underneath the bar, right? So somewhere in the middle is yeah. usually, usually the best. Yeah. It depends on the sport. Too. And so,
0: Jess, you're a massage therapist. Book in with one of your friends. Get some massage work done on those Achilles. Um, yeah. If it's, you know, still an ongoing issue, you know, see a doctor. So, you know, you can find out how much does some PRP cost, you know. Uh, yeah. Do some research into the, those recovery methods. Yeah,
1: that's uh, an interesting question.
0: Yeah. Actually. We, have, um, we have Claire up next. Stress. How wow, does stress affect weight loss? It is yeah. a good one.
1: You can start this one. Uh, well, stress can affect weight loss in many different ways and for many different reasons. Uh, There's a few different facets I think uh, most important to discuss. I think one of them would be just the general psychology of stress and how it affects your lifestyle and then the physiological effects of what stress can do to you. So the psychology of stress, and I'm generalizing, right? Uh, But when people get stressed and work is busy, life is hectic, people tend to get a little emotional and they do things like emotional eating. Or they do the exact opposite, and they don't eat at all, and so these indirect effects of stress can cause lifestyle changes, which cause you to put on weight or lose weight, mm-hmm. right? So that I think and is same one. thing. If you're stressed and it's too much, and you're feeling just flat and depressed about things, you don't
0: want to go to the gym. So exactly. you might be eating too much, eating too little. You might be not training at
1: all because you just can't be bothered. Or in some cases, training, training too seven much. That seven days might that week. might be your coping mechanism, and you train, 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 train. Exactly, right? and if you're not eating enough and training a lot, then that's causing a physical type of stress in your body as well, it, it compiles. So and- the first, the first, I think, and easiest one to distinguish there is lifestyle, the way that affects the psychology behind stress in general with regards to training and um, nutrition. Yep. Um, and then the second is more of a physiological, uh, this one is where it gets a little more complicated because it can cause, stress can manifest in very physical ways. It can cause clinical issues as well. Um, There are lots and they are varied. Uh, A friend of mine got stomach ulcers because he didn't like his job. It can manifest in very physical ways. Yep. You can you get, get stomach like ulcers, adrenal fatigue, all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff that can happen. Uh, and there, there's lots and I don't know enough about them yeah. to state them specifically. Or so, yeah, but them, basically, but yeah, um, you know, stress can, like you said,
0: manifest physically in the yeah. t- in a form of like ulcers. It can actually decrease your metabolism. We were yeah. having this little debate beforehand yeah. saying, oh, people will eat um, <laughs> a deficit and put on weight. And when I was like, it's not really a deficit if they're putting on weight. He's like, yeah, but it's a low amount. It would be a deficit for someone else. But yeah, but the, the answer yeah. is, If it's affecting you hormonally, then you need to go and see an
1: endocrinologist and get that sorted out because um, that's an issue. It can cause issues that will slow down your metabolism or speed them up um, and that can really, really mess with you. And just a stressful lifestyle that you don't keep in check can develop into something more serious. So it's good to stay on top of that and not ignore those. And they have the hormone called cortisol, which is called
0: the stress hormone. And so people that are stressed usually have elevated cortisol levels. Um, Cortisol wants you to be smaller, basically. If you look at someone that's an endurance athlete, they usually have higher cortisol, cortisol levels. Light so they want the, the body doesn't want to be big. It needs to be more efficient so that you lose weight. At the same time, it can also increase your blood pressure, mm. which means you might not want to be training. Um, so yeah. again, it can cause people to gain weight or lose weight, it depends on the person, it depends on how it manifests emotionally and how it manifests physically with also, that person.
1: One of the ways to deal with that pesky hormone cortisol is exercise. Oh. Yeah. Exercise releases good hormones in your body, which can help to catalyze, break down that hormone in particular, uh, which help with stress in general. That's why one of the main things that people report when they first start exercising is increased mood. Um, increased high, mood, sir. Increased mood, high energy levels, better sleep. Those are usually the three things that everyone say yeah, um, uh, all of the time, which is great. So, uh Yeah. Exercise and nutrition—it's the answer to everything all the time. Just really train is. regularly and eat well, yep. uh, and yeah, you'll probably just be fine. But well, yeah, that's t- a, that was a very interesting one. That talking about training on. regularly and eating well—that sort of brings us to your question,
0: which is: bodybuilding healthy?
1: Um, because I, I actually—I'm just asking you that because I know my answer. Nevin, is bodybuilding healthy for you? Strictly speaking, competing in bodybuilding—why and why not? This is interesting and I think it's gotten
0: more complicated over the last handful of years with, oh, the, yeah. no, with the introduction of all the new categories. Oh, yeah. If I was Dude. thinking bodybuilding like Mr. Olympia, <laughs> like bodybuilding on stage, Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, those big, sort of guys are the, the, the big, big, the big dogs yeah. now. Um, and mind you… Bodybuilding back then, with like Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's now called
1: classic bodybuilding. It's a whole different division. The guys now back, back are when people huge back when people looked like a human being with a slightly bigger physique instead of looking you know like Ronnie Coleman. That's three hundred pounds on stage, looking like a potato with abs. It's like one hundred and thirty kilos on stage, solid, ripped. Um, so, for a bit of a point of reference for that sort of weight, um, that's like if I merged into you, with like. Cut my legs off, maybe. Right? Yeah, A little less, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost two people. Most people walk around at like 60 kilos. to eighty yeah, it's kilos. Basically that's two like people. your These, average human. Massive. It's a huge, and that's not. Oh, he's got a bit of extra weight. That's lean. That's like one to three percent body fat yeah. on stage on the day at one hundred and thirty kilos. Yeah, it is insane. They barely look human. So if 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 I was just to say that sort of
0: bodybuilding, absolutely not healthy. Not even for the majority, close. because you got to keep in mind. On stage, they're at their weakest, they're severely dehydrated, they're basically starved down, all right? So on stage, terribly unhealthy. That is my main point. Plus, bodybuilding plus
1: competitions they're pumping
0: ungodly amounts of steroids and
1: gear into their bodies, right? It's not healthy, okay? Yeah. So if you if you, if you you want a, a, a point of reference here as well, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was competing History in bodybuilding, yeah. right? Like 30, 40 years ago, whenever that was. 70s, yeah. And then now look at the current bodybuilding champion in america at the moment and put side by side the physiques next to each other it's like 30 40 kilos more weight it's mass like a crazy. different type of yeah. species it's yeah. crazy so yeah. that's that's the comparison we're going for yeah um so but yeah, i just finished my thing so yeah, yeah, so yeah i yeah. would
0: say it's unhealthy it's terribly unhealthy on stage um and for the majority of the year when they're training and bulking also terribly unhealthy they have so much mass, and i know uh, BMRs, uh is, uh, body BMI, sorry, BMI is not really a thing because it doesn't take into account muscle. Like I'm obese, right. apparently, but, but according to my you, BMI. But you also have to take a pinch of salt. If you are a lean 150 kilos at five foot 10, you still have to, your body is still handling all this weight and trying to keep up. And I guarantee you it's putting stress on their organs. A good
1: example of that actually is Ronnie Coleman isn't competing anymore. Because he's back. Is ruined. Oh, he's actually crippled. Yeah, he's had the so many surgeries. The weight of his own body has destroyed his spine. Yeah, that's how unhealthy it can be. It's basically the polar opposite of morbid obesity. It's the exact opposite of that. It's not good for you yeah. for many reasons. Um,
0: and I would say when they're bulking, they're eating just a huge amount of food, a huge amount of supplements. So I would say in that case, it's not healthy. If you now circling around, look at the new divisions like men's physique, a yeah. lot more healthier because they're not going for mass and size
1: they're looking more like can I look ripped in a pair of boardies before before we get into that to explain the different categories for people who might not know that there are categories. At I don't all. even know all the categories. I don't know, I know all they the have categories. Open men's bodybuilding,
0: which is the the mass monsters, the yeah. freaks. Then you have then classic bodybuilding, which is guys there's that looked like Arnie did back in the day. Physique there's physique as well. Men's physique, which is, which is slightly like slightly different.
1: Um, they're in their board shorts. It's all judged a little no, differently. There's, there's, uh, so there's there's a few. There's one where you wear shorts. They don't judge your legs. It's just your upper body. Um, and the guys aren't massive hulking monsters. They just they judge you on the most aesthetically pleasing physique. There's a few other ones. There's like a fitness one, there's a- Well, for females, there's fitness. I'm not sure about for guys. Fitness, physique, um, yeah. And they yeah. judge on different things. So like for the, the open females, um, same thing. They're just big. Mass monsters. Um, and then they've got ones like, I think the fitness one, I think they get marked down if they have like really defined separated abs and stuff. So they they want like a little yeah. less. So, so definitely, they're judged on in different categories yeah. as well. Still, still though, I'm strictly speaking about let's let's look at it from a performance point of view. Well, yeah. Any of those people in any of those categories on stage at any one point in time couldn't run a race against me if I was running on one leg because yeah, yeah. that would all cramp up and fall over.
0: Yeah, yeah. So on stage no, unhealthy for everyone. But I still would say the smaller divisions like the men's physique where they're just using board shorts, they're they're more or less pretty lean all year round and eating pretty clean for the most part of the year as well. They're not mass monsters, so I'd say their nutrition's probably pretty good. They're not carrying a crazy amount of weight on their body. They're working out regularly. I would say that on stage, obviously, they're compromised. And I would say if they do do bulks, they're a little compromised. And if they're pumping a huge amount of steroids, they're compromised.
1: I would would still have to say that, just a hard no, that bodybuilding competitions in general- I would say in general- Anything that you do where at the point of competition, you're at your weakest is- Probably not great. Even powerlifters doing massive weight cuts. You are the squat challenge. Cut nine kilos in less than two hey, days, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You squat ten squat kilos 10. less than your max. You're still squatting two hundred sixty freaking kilos. Still performing really like performance wise. Your performance was less, but you're an athlete competing at an athletic level. Mm-hmm. Bodybuilding on stage. See if you can find them. It happens a lot while they're doing their poses. They cramp up because they're dehydrated. They have no fat on their body. And they're just not feeling great at all. Yeah, in I a would bad say way. in general is probably unhealthy. But at yeah. the same time, guys,
0: take that with a pinch of salt because I think that most elites, people that compete in most sports at the elite level, a lot of sports have unhe- there's unhealthiness to it.
1: Unhe- the, the weight, that's the weight cut thing in general, is not always. I, I don't
0: really think it's just just weight cutting. I mean, you look at look at rugby players at the, at the elite level. These guys are super fit, but their bodies are taking an absolute physical thrashing.
1: Yeah, it's like training getting, sessions, in, games, it's like getting in a car accident. Yeah, game.
0: so so there's there's head trauma. There's also I would say that 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 actually goes for like most things at the very pinnacle of the sport. There's going to be unhealthiness to it.
1: I agree with you on that point. Mm-hmm. There. The reason why I ask this question is because you do bodybuilding. It really grinds my gears. Oh, it grinds that, gears. Health and fitness as a whole uh, is online bullshit, basically. Everyone goes, lose weight fast. you have be in the best shape ever. Do this 12-week program. It's like all snake oil, right? It really just comes down to eat well, exercise, consistency. It's not rocket science. It's just hard. Uh, bodybuilding is seen as the pinnacle of health and fitness. And people go on stage they're like, look at this thing that I achieved. I understand that it's hard to get there and that it takes a lot to do it. But don't tell me that it's the pinnacle of health and fitness if it's not about being healthy yeah. or being fit, yeah. I, I look tell you that. great, but those two things aren't at all present in that, you know, it's just, it's silly. It really bugs me. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't like it as a sport just because of it health and fitness. It doesn't promote health or fitness. It's, right. it's, it's kind of frustrating. It promotes extreme
0: discipline and dedication to the, to your cause. That's what it promotes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Same with wars though. Yeah. You know, like they weren't great yeah. for the people who didn't live. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I think it's great. Anyways. We have one on. last, one last question from a different clear
0: saying, when is the in-house strongman comp gonna be? That's a good one, actually. Yeah.
1: When is that comp gonna be? It man?
0: is not gonna be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is sort of. Um, we are gonna do our second record breakers comp in December sometime. So that's a chance to break any of the powerlifting records on the powerlifting board. It's also a chance to break any of the obscure lifts on the obscure lift board. Yeah. There's you can the top so the record powerlifting board, you can have the best heaviest squat bench deadlifter total. Um, for your gender and weight class. The obscure lift board is five lifts. We have a uh, well, four lifts and a jump. We variations a, of yeah, all the main lifts. Variations of all the main lifts. And the top five for men and top five for females get up there. So yep. it's a chance for the, those people to come in and, and try to break those records. That's going to happen in December. That was
1: The first one that we do was actually really fun as well. So much
0: fun. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. cooking up a barbecue in the rain outside, but it I was still that. fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to run that in December. And what I would like to do either in November, maybe December as well, is do an in-house strongman day. Not so much a comp Claire because too many people don't know how to do it, but between Adrian and myself, I'll get me and some people that are a bit more experienced in Strongman. Um, I might get Dan MacRae and reach out to a few other people like that to come in and actually show and teach people that are interested how to do a log press, how to load a yeah. big sandbag, how like to that. run the yoke, how to do the farmers, and we might just do a little bit of a friendly inter house thing. you know. Um, yeah. But yeah nothing, yeah, nothing competitive on the Strongman front, but I definitely am keen for a day to teach everyone how to do stuff. Yeah,
1: and I mean I guess it just depends on who comes on the day and if a few people want to compete then who are we to stop them? That's so right. So if enough people turn up and there's enough competition sure. I'm Why coming not? for you Adrian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will never beat you at anything strongly uh, related. So you've, you, you've already won. Good job Nevin. You're an athlete. <laughs> athlete. <laughs> um, yeah and that's all of the questions That's that we had for this Q and A podcast. Mm-hmm. That was actually really fun. I liked. I liked. A lot of the questions were really good this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's. Uh, let's see what you have to say. If you have any more questions, please comment and let us know so we can. Throw them in the next one. And
0: uh, if you're going to comment, it means you have to be signed into YouTube. And if you're signed in, that means you might as well. You may as well. Subscribe. subscribe. You, know? you know? All right. Because remember, when we get to 1,000 subscribers, yeah. we're doing 1,100 kilo squats. We're hungry for it. We're so hungry yeah. for it. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, leave us your comments and questions. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye, guys. Have a good one.